Introducing Wondersuite from Bluehost.com. Website creation is hard, but now with Bluehost, you can answer a few simple questions about your business and get a unique WordPress website or store right away. From there, you can customize your design, colors, and content. And Bluehost automatically helps you get found in search engines like Google and Bing. From step-by-step guidance to suggested plugins, Bluehost makes WordPress wonderful for everyone. Go to bluehost.com slash wondersuite. This is a podcast from the South China Morning Post. Hi, everyone. Welcome back to a new episode of Inside China Tech. I am Zen Su, a technology reporter with the South China Morning Post. So usually I am recording in our studio in Hong Kong, but today I'm calling in from Singapore, where I'm standing now in a wardrobe to find a quiet spot to record this. So bear with me, you guys. Anyway, so this week we have a very exciting guest. We have Taylor Host, who is the chief executive of Hong Kong artificial intelligence startup Miro. It's been a very exciting time for Miro because they were at the South by Southwest startup pitch competition and they basically won best in their category for sport and performance. So yeah, Taylor's going to share with us today about how they're using AI to sort of track things like, you know, running performance and the kind of clothes and sportswear and shoes that people are wearing when they're running marathons. So that is going to be extremely interesting and exciting. So let's get right into it. Hey, Taylor, how are you doing down in Austin? Not too bad. Uh, I will say that we've had far too much barbecue and and, and probably far too much beer. But um, that's what you do in Austin when you're at South by Southwest. So uh, we're just we're just following the herd here. So yeah, maybe um, you could tell us a little bit about what exactly Miro is and how it works. Okay. Yeah. We are nerds, I think is probably the first thing to get out of the way. Um, so my co-founder and I, uh, we met building software, uh, for McDonald's system. So, uh, helping McDonald's sell more Big Macs, uh, using computer vision and AI. Um, uh, the type of AI that we do, uh, is computer vision. So that means that we teach computers to see. So we're trying to, uh, make computers use cameras the same way that a human uses their eyes. So, uh, you know, whether it is you want to identify an automobile or you want to identify a face, uh, computer vision is one of those areas of AI that uh, we're seeing a lot of rapid advancement. And in Hong Kong, we have SenseTime, uh, which is one of the largest computer vision, if not the largest computer vision companies in the world. Um, And so, uh, you know, we're one of the small guys, and we're focused on a very specific uh, industry. And that is, uh, we look at athletes. We look at runners, cyclists, and triathletes. And we identify not only the participant, so the identity, but we also identify the clothing brands. Uh, we're the only company in the world that does uh, shoe brand analysis of athletes. And um, you know, I'm sure we have some competitors and garages out there. But uh, right now, we're the only ones doing it at scale. Earlier, you mentioned that sure. you and your co-founder, you guys, um, were working on software to help McDonald's sell more Big Macs. How does that work in terms of computer vision? That's my first question. McDonald's is an awesome company to work for. 
um, and an awesome company to work with uh, for a lot of reasons. I think number one, it doesn't get much bigger than that and more global. Um, you know, 75 million transactions happen in the McDonald's system every day. And if you can do one extra transaction by adding a little bit of technology at every single store, you can move the needle very far. And so the scale of executing with uh, McDonald's is, is very great. And so for technologists uh, like Jamie Wild, my co-founder and I, um, it presented an opportunity to work on some pretty big projects um, and uh, leverage fairly large teams of very smart people. And so um, we learned a lot from our colleagues, but we also delivered, uh, we delivered most, if not all, of the computer vision enabled solutions across the McDonald's system. And that's everything from um, the Monopoly, Monopoly ticket scanning apps and the Happy Meal toy scanning apps that are on mobile phones down to uh, in the store leveraging cameras to make the kitchen more efficient and uh, leveraging cameras that would uh, measure drive-through times and things like that. And so it was a high variety of things that could be uh, tackled with computer vision AI in the McDonald's system. And we were fortunate enough to be leading teams tackling those issues. So how did you go from McDonald's to athletes? Uh, well, you know, uh, the door swings both ways. And um, my, my co-founder is a very big runner. Um, I also uh, have been a, an athlete my whole life. Um, uh, computer vision for me uh, actually saved my arm. I was a baseball player in the U.S. And uh, when I was a teenager, I had arm issues. Uh, I was throwing too many curveballs. And it, you know, it, it threatened the rest of my baseball career. I went and I saw some specialists, some uh, medical professionals who hooked me up to a machine with a bunch of mocap balls and I threw uh, a number of pitches. Now then a computer vision system analyzed my arm um, and it was found out that I needed to stop throwing a particular type of pitch. It was what was putting strain on my arm. And so for the rest of my career, if you want to call it that. Um, I didn't throw that pitch and I was able to play baseball through college and after college uh, for a short time. So, um, uh, you know, it, it, computer vision was a part of my sport career and uh, it was about finding, uh, about finding an opportunity to do the same thing for another sport. Can you tell us a little bit about how currently, how Mural works in the sense, how did you manage to train an AI system to recognize like an individual runner in like a marathon and not just identify you know what they're wearing, but also how they're running. Well, one of the cool things about a running race like a marathon, like the Hong Kong Marathon that was just about a month ago, um, uh, is that every single participant is wearing a license plate, much like a car has a license plate on its back. Um, and that is the, the running bib. And that number... Uh, is emblazoned upon the chest of each athlete, and we've written uh, we've written the best bib reader in the business. And so we started out um, with some uh, IP in the optical character recognition space or the OCR space that read these bib numbers the best, and uh, that allowed us to start identifying athletes. Um, our first 
uh, event was with Asia Sport Connection in Hong Kong. Uh, it was the Lantau Vertical. And I'm going to be honest, not everything worked perfectly. <laughs> so, uh, you know, it, this is part of the reason that you test. And so we did quite a few events uh, through the fall of 2016, refining the technology before actually launching in 2017. Um, but uh, we read bib numbers better than anybody else. Uh, and uh, so that's that's where it started. Right. But you've also yes. done stuff like facial recognition and also stuff like identifying the kinds of clothes or brand of shoes that people are wearing. And how do you sort of train for that? Sure. And, and on facial recognition, uh, we do offer facial recognition. Uh, it helps uh, to make the results more accurate. Um, however, it's something that is not necessary for our system. And that's a differentiation point. Um, so in the West, facial recognition is, uh, you know, it's a, it's a hot topic and it's a privacy item. So we actually are a privacy first company. So we do not do facial recognition out of the box. It's something that our clients need to request. I see. So speaking of what you mentioned about privacy, like personally, if I were like a participant in a race and like, I understand that there's some technology who's necessarily tracking maybe not just my bib number, but also say what I wear in terms of my shoes or my clothes, that might be a little disconcerting for me. How do you guys sort of deal with that? Do you get like feedback from any of the racers who uh, realize that, you know, that these um, sort of data is being collected? Yeah, sure. Uh, you know, I, I will say this. We don't have a direct communication line with the participants. Um, we also do not store or uh, receive their private information. Uh, we store everything against a bib number. It's up to the uh, event partner and the brand partners around an event. So the Hong Kong Marathon, Standard Chartered, um, uh, I believe Decathlon, the retailer also uh, is involved, uh, to have a dialogue with that participant and use the data that we provide them in a way that uh, the participant uh, has provided permission for. So we don't have a direct relationship with any of the athletes. Oh, so in that case, it's more like the racist sort of responsibility to communicate to participants that, you know, say during the race, they might be recorded on film or like that, that communication is left to the racist. Is that correct to say? Yeah, that, that's correct. I would also just add that, um, you know, when a participant uh, joins a race, there's an expectation that the event is going to be delivering them, you know, photography as well as video from their experience. And so it, it's a part of the core experience of participating in these events. So, you know, as I understand, I think in China, there's like this huge market for marathons. Like it's become a little bit of like a, like a status symbol where people want to prove how fit they are. And, they, and in these like full marathon races get sold out in like a matter of seconds. So I'm just curious if you guys also provide your services to like races in China, like that must be a huge market. China is a huge market and it's desirable to anyone in this industry to be working in China because of that growth. Um, you know, four years ago or actually five years ago, uh, China had 40 marathons, four zero. Um, whereas uh, this past year they had well over 400. Um, and so the, the growth in China, as well as Southeast Asia, uh, is very, you know, a very desirable set of markets for uh, any company that's operating in the uh, running space. Uh, we have executed in China. 
most recently, we uh, executed the in the Sujo Marathon this past weekend, which was thirty five thousand runners. Uh, so yeah, we're very excited to be operating in China. Um, as well as the rest of the world. So you know, in terms of like these races, um, lots of camera technology is used during the race. How does that work? Yeah, there, there are cameras. Uh, there are cameras everywhere, and not just in in China, which is famous for its closed circuit television network. Um, uh, at the races, there's there tends to be video cameras uh, at the start line and the finish line, um, and that helps the timing companies make sure they have accurate timing so they can audit video. Um, but then throughout the course, there's professional photographers that are taking action shots of each of the runners. Um, and these, uh, these photos, uh, are sold to the runners after the race in many cases, um, uh, you know, as, uh, keepsakes or mementos of their, uh, achievement. And so, uh, for a race like the Sujo Marathon with 35,000 runners, there's between 20 and 30 photographers out on the course at any one time snapping high-resolution shots. We've run stories recently about facial recognition systems in China and you know there are companies who are doing gait analysis and body movement sort of recognition, albeit not for races, maybe more for like surveillance. But I'm just curious about yeah. how for Miro, you guys are de- developing this aspect of AI technology, like how do you recognize how somebody runs? How do you train a system for that? Uh, sure, uh, you know, identity is 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 something that is very critical for surveillance and security all across the world, not just China. Um, China has been leading the way um, with gate recognition. There's a company called Watrix. Um, I believe that they are based in Beijing. And Watrix has recently been in the news because they're able to recognize identity uh, from you know, simply how someone walks. Yeah, that's actually and, the company that we yeah. wrote about recently. Like we did a we did a story, like our reporter out in Beijing, Sarah Dai. She did a really great piece. We actually interviewed the CEO of Watrix, and yeah, I think they they basically told her about how they're using that to to track people. Basically, I mean, I think it's kind of it's kind of it's interesting. But it's also a little bit scary. Uh, gate recognition. Um, I think that gate recognition is a much higher potential identification medium than facial recognition. Uh, facial recognition, you start to get um, you start to get people confused when you reach between five and ten thousand individuals. Whereas gate recognition has the potential to um, provide identification more in line with the uh, a fingerprint or other biometrics. So it's a really promising field, but it's very immature. With gate recognition, you need a lot of data. And that's, uh, you know, that's fairly unique. Um, I think that uh, one of the things that makes our technology interesting and why we feel we have the ability to do um, work with gate beyond other companies is that every weekend we get a minimum of 25,000 new individuals and we get a ton of video footage as well as lots of uh, still imagery, high res still imagery of these individuals. And that allows us to build um, more granular or more effective AI models. Um, we're not as far along as Watrix, but um, we're, we're definitely targeting, uh, we're de- definitely targeting a privacy-first gate recognition model. 
So a little bit of a different approach um, for the West specifically to maintain privacy, but to identify an individual in a closed space. So this sort of video footage that is provided to you, is it is it this like sanitized? Like is the data that, that is provided to you guys sanitized and the data that's output from Miro in the sense that it's all anonymized and runners don't have to worry about like their identities sort of being... Sure. This is one of the advantages of having uh, a number plate or a license plate on each runner is everything that we do is tied to that license plate number and not tied to an individual identity. And so that allows us to extend not just privacy, but um, data storage privacy uh, to each individual athlete. Um, we do not know who you are. Um, we merely assign the data that we extract to that bid number. So I understand that Miro obviously, you know, sort of tracks like what runners in a race, what they're wearing, like the kind of brand of activewear they're wearing or like the shoes that they're using in a race. How does Miro sort of collect and identify that kind of thing? Yeah, that's a very good question. Uh, it's it's not easy, uh, but I'll, I'll, I'll simplify. Um, we look at each individual photo or video of a an, an athlete. So... Uh, bib number one, two, three, four. And we attempt to uh, find the foot. This is in the case of shoe brand. We attempt to find the foot in each of those images. We then put all of those foot images together. So we do it in aggregate and we run it through a model that we've trained to find very specific shoe brands. So everything from Nike to Adidas. And so the more samples that we have, the more accurate our prediction of the shoe brand is. In terms of garment brands, it's a little bit different. Um, we will look at an individual photo or a set of video frames, and we'll be looking for brand marks. So some of those brands out there that, uh, you know, they're not prominently brand marked, we cannot identify. But we're really good with Nike, Adidas, uh, Kalenji, uh, Li Ning uh, in China, uh, as well as a number of other uh, like Under Armour and uh, New Balance that have prominent brand marks. So um, if it's not a marked clothing piece, it's very difficult for us to identify the, the brand mark at this point. So you identify it via the logos that are either on the garments or the shoes? That's correct. So we identify via the logos on the garments. In terms of the shoes, hey, there's lots of different looking shoes out there that happen to be an Adidas or a Nike. Um, we have taken millions and millions of shoe data and we've created a set of models that are a best fit to find uh, 19 different shoe brands. So we only track 19 different shoe brands and that's everything from your New Balance and Nike through to um, Anta and Li Ning, uh, which are, are you know, extremely popular in mainland China. Um, yeah, so I'm quite curious as to how brands like Nike or Adidas uh, whose data you like who, uh, whose shoe data you collect from these runners how uh, how do they respond to this do you work with them what do they use this data uh, for we do work directly with a number of uh, shoe brands uh, we also work with retailers and uh, they're always interested to understand where they sit in a particular market and so uh, in the case of Hong Kong we worked with uh, Colombia as they were launching their new sh trail shoes in, in in the Hong Kong market um, they wanted to understand the uptake 
uh, over an event um, uh, or a, f- a set of events of their new trail shoe brands that they just launched. And so um, it can be about market entry or really just market insights. So we do sell reports as well as access to uh, a set of events to brands directly. So if you're getting these um, sort of large amount of data about the kinds of shoes that people are wearing, I'm curious as to whether or not this could also then be used to identify like counterfeit shoes. Uh, so I've, I've had this request a few times. Um, at this time, counterfeit shoes are really good copies. Um, and you can see on YouTube uh, a lot of uh, what they say sneakerheads pointing out differences between a counterfeit Yeezy and a, and a you know, an actual or, or authentic Yeezy. Right now, uh, we don't have the ability to identify counterfeits. Um, it, it is something, though, that we've had a number of requests around, and uh, we've certainly whiteboarded out and had a few nerd sessions against it. I think it's uh, an important field to identify counterfeit or A4 goods. Um, uh, that said, uh, we're going to be focused more on the performance aspects with footwear. Um, one of the cool things that we are doing, Sen, is that um, we have a model uh, that we run against the shoes for our participants that attempts to assess the amount of wear uh, on the shoe. And so if you have a new pair of shoes, um, that is remarkably different from if you have been wearing your shoes for maybe you know, six months. And so we do have a model that uh, determines the wear level of the shoe, which is important to those shoe brands because they want to know when people are ready to replace uh, that pair of Nikes or um, uh, leanings. Yeah, that's, uh, that's very interesting. And particularly, I think, like, you probably need really like high definition video or like really close up sort of analysis to to identify, or at least that's what I think I you you hit the nail on the head, and yeah, it, you're gonna need you're gonna need data that um, is is captured up close and uh, 360 degrees of of each shoe. I think to to identify um, counterfeits, um, uh, the the counterfeiters are getting even better uh, by the day. So um, you know that that would be a task probably for uh, a, a company directly focused on that. Yeah, so um, I'm just going to sort of bring it back to Hong Kong. I understand that you guys are based in Hong Kong, and I'm curious as to why you guys decided to start an AI company in Hong Kong itself. Well, Hong Kong is our home. Uh, Jamie, my co-founder, and I, uh, we met here. He's been here over 10 years. I'm coming up on seven years in Hong Kong, and we really like living in Hong Kong. We also think that there's uh, a wealth of talent, whether it's uh, talent from mainland China who's here studying in Hong Kong or living in Hong Kong or international talent. And uh, that allows us to, to, to build better teams as well as to have really cool, nerdy conversations around Hong Kong. I think the last thing is... Oh, so go ahead. Oh, no, sorry. Yeah. Uh, carry on, carry on. You go ahead. The, the last thing is that uh, endurance sport and running specifically is a really big activity here in Hong Kong. And, uh, you know, from the beautiful beaches and trails um, all the way through to huge events like the Hong Kong Marathon, 
every weekend around Hong Kong, there's some sort of running event or set of running events going on. And so for our sport, it's a really great place to be in Asia. Are you guys only operating out of Hong Kong? Do you have offices in other cities in Asia? Uh, not in Asia. Uh, we do have uh, one team member in Shanghai. And uh, we have an office in the United States. So we're in Chicago. Cool. So uh, now that you guys have basically, you know, uh, you, I mean, I saw on your website, you've won all of these different awards. And now that South by Southwest is the latest one. I'm just curious, what's next for you guys? What's next? You know, for a startup, it's so difficult to know exactly what's next. I think for us, though, we have started to work in the medical arena a little bit. Um, we, we did partner with uh, some medical professionals this fall, um, both in China as well as um, outside of China. And we've recently brought on Medical Angels in Australia, which is a group of uh, doctors and clinics that do investment in promising startups. And so we're looking towards um, physical therapy and gait analysis for medical use cases. Um, uh, where we can leverage our data to help improve an athlete's training, but also help them to avoid injury. Cool. Thanks so much, Taylor, for uh, taking the time to speak with us today. I'm curious, if uh, where would we be able to find you on Twitter? Yes, uh, use Miro is our Twitter handle. It's U-S-E-M-I-R-O. And uh, we, we share very often. We're always sharing our newest stuff. So uh, be on the lookout for that. Also follow us on LinkedIn. Um, we are, we are very much a business people. And so we, we, we tend to share on LinkedIn quite a bit as well. Um, and as the team grows, you'll see a lot more, uh, Hong Kong faces attached to us there, uh, on LinkedIn. So we're very excited about the next year. So that's all we have for you this week. I will be back in Hong Kong next week, so it will be business as usual. Hope that you will tune in to us next week and listen to what we have for you as well. So if you would like to check out more fresh tech content that we're putting out almost every day, visit us at scmp.com slash tech. If you want to find me on Twitter, my handle is at Zensu, at Z-E-N-S-O-O. Also, if you enjoy our podcast, please do rate us five stars on iTunes. We can also be found on Spotify and Stitcher. So I'll see you next week. Bye. Tired of ads barging into your favorite news podcasts? Good news. Ad-free listening is available on Amazon Music for all the music plus top podcasts included with your Prime membership. Stay up to date on everything newsworthy by downloading the Amazon Music app for free or go to amazon.com slash news ad free. That's amazon.com slash news ad free to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads.